Before we get started, I want to remind all of you planning on taking advantage of Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals at Blick to please use our affiliate link when you are stocking up on your art supplies. Just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, and that will redirect you to the regular Blick website. But when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio Podcast. This is a great way to support the show because it is effortless and costs you nothing, but will make a huge difference in our lives. As many of you know, I have a baby due next month, so we really appreciate the generosity of our listeners. I don't have any information yet on what kind of deals will be offered for Black Friday, but if past years are any indication, it should be a great opportunity to buy your supplies at a major discount. So once again, that affiliate link is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash B-L-I-C-K. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about being stalled by praise. When we think of the kinds of reactions to our work from other people that cause a block in a creative flow, most people think of negativity or indifference or misunderstanding. All of these can undermine our self-confidence, make us feel incompetent or uninteresting or simply off track, and they can lead to anxiety and avoidance behavior toward our work. But what about the opposite? Positive remarks of praise and admiration. These can create blockage of a different kind that may be harder to recognize and acknowledge. Today, we talk about the rather odd fact that praise can stall us as much as criticism. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. So I've noticed this phenomenon for a long time now, um, starting back when I was an art student and then in my own art life ongoing and as an art instructor. And it's not something I've heard addressed very often in the context of art, that uh, that we are affected by praise and admiration and in both positive ways and ways that that may not be as positive. I mean, on the face of it, it seems like it should all be good. But I know from personal experience that I have been stalled or gone off course because of positive remarks and, and people admiring things in my work. And I've always kind of, I don't know, sort of marveled at this because it seems it's a complicated dynamic. Um, obviously, praise can really definitely be supportive and energizing in, in all the good ways. I mean, if somebody is praising your work, um, it can help you see aspects of your work that you, well, that you didn't see that were hidden from your own eyes. We all have blind spots. We're all, you know, engrossed in our work and to have a fresh pair of eyes on it, say something, um, you know, make a, make a very positive observation. You know, that's wonderful. Uh, somebody might say, wow, you, you really have a good sense of color or composition or something. And then you can see that for yourself. Oh, okay. I, that's something I can build on. Um, and, and just, you know, positive remarks can really help clarify and strengthen your ideas when you see that somebody's responding to them. Like you're, you're going for something, you're trying to communicate something and someone else is getting it. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. So you know that you're communicating 
And of course, I mean, you can't ignore that there's lots of warm fuzzies. I mean, we just get good feelings when, you know, people are admiring our work. There's no way around that. You know, you feel uh, feelings of recognition and you feel a good sense of accomplishment maybe. And, and these things are important and they keep us going. So what's wrong with that? I mean, what's the downside? Uh, and, and that's kind of what I want to talk about today because the rest of it's kind of obvious. And, and yet, like I said, I, I know from my own experience that I have at times been held back by positive things. So really, uh, the basic issue, I think, is that art, art is subjective. So there definitely are standards to art, to good composition and design and good use of media and, you know, using the visual elements and, and all these things that we do recognize make up good art. But beyond that, of course, it's, is a lot of personal opinion and a lot of subjective response. And so, you know, as the artist, you have to separate those things out and decide what you're responding to. So if it's a negative criticism and somebody says something subjective and you identify it as subjective and you know it's negative and, you know, you can sort of step back and say, well, I don't really agree with that or I do and I'm going to learn from it. Uh, when it's positive, it can be harder to separate out because it does stoke those warm, fuzzy feelings and you want more of it. <laughs> so, in my experience, uh, I would say that artists can receive praise for aspects of their work that aren't really authentic, that, that aren't, you know, it's part of your work. Somebody's seeing something in your work that isn't really you. It isn't your intentions or your direction. And they're excited about it and they like it. And this is confusing. And it can lead you to think that whatever you've been doing, your other work, um, that hasn't elicited this response is off track somehow. And, oh, the way to go is is what this person is responding to. And especially a little bit earlier on in your art practice as a student, I mean, or just learning things, this is, this is really confusing because you may not know exactly what you want. And so you can be steered and guided by things that aren't necessarily right for you. Um, I would say a common scenario that I've experienced is someone really responding and liking to a stage of a painting that is nowhere near done, and or maybe it's close to done, but I don't think it's done. And somebody will look at it and say, oh, it's done. Don't touch it. You know, I love it. I love it just the way it is. And at this stage of the game, I'm fine with that. I say, well, okay, you love it, but next time you come in, it's going to be totally different. But, you know, if you were at a more vulnerable stage, it would be hard to know because you wouldn't push it yourself and you wouldn't, you wouldn't go on and you wouldn't see what would happen if you pushed it on. If you just said, oh, you're right, okay, yes, it's great right now, I'm, I'm going to walk away from it. And that tendency for people to say, don't touch it, it's done. It seems admirable. It seems like they're praising your work, but it's really kind of controlling when you think about it. <laughs> you know, uh, instead of asking you what, 
well, how do you feel about it? You know, do you feel like it's done or do you want to do some more work on it? No, it's done, they say. And and I I don't I think that's masquerading as praise really. It's it's very very subjective to say that. Um and I I think most artists will admit that they look at other people's work through the lens of their own work, like what they like. Even even if they generally manage to keep an open mind, you know, some of this comes through. And and I I know as an art a student of art early on, I know as an art instructor, this is a problem in a classroom or a workshop because a lot of it's it's hard for art instructors to avoid that personal bias or ego when when everybody's looking at them as the expert, you know. And so you can take on the role of, well, I know what's good and I'm going to say it and I'm going to point it out in people's work. And sometimes it's absolutely fine. It's it's more objective than subjective. You know, y- your composition isn't working, your color isn't working, something. Uh, but you can also shut down students who, who think or work in a very different way. And you can do this even unconsciously because you're praising work that is most like your own. And unfortunately, this is really common. And it's hard It's hard to even catch yourself doing this. But I think it's kind of important to recognize it if if you're instructing other people. Um, and I'll, I have a little bit more to say about that in a, later. But um, I mean, most of the time, we're talking about artists in the studio or having an exhibit and and you're getting comments. You're getting comments from other artists. You're getting comments from the general public, and and you like the good comments. I mean, of course. But I also <laughs> I'm going to sound a little cynical here, but I think a lot of people find a role for themselves in sort of offering advice and and so on, almost in an unconscious way. And even when they don't know very much about the subject people are kind of quick to offer their opinion in a way that's meant to influence. Um, Something that happens in my own work, people will say, oh, I really like this painting. I can see a landscape in it. Um, Well, that's about that person's individual response. I know it's not necessarily important to me. I'm not trying to do a landscape. So if they see that in there, that's their response. Um, and, and I can separate that because I've heard it so often (laughs) I've dealt with, I've dealt with this for a long time. Well, and I wonder how much of that is, is, is coming from kind of the impact that social media has had on our psyche, you Mm -hmm. know, where everyone thinks that their opinion matters all of a sudden, just because it's really (laughs) easy to share it. Very true. I thought of that. Yeah. I mean, um, and, and, and all the, all the, um, Social media interaction about artwork is kind of, yeah, that's a big topic because you put something on social media, typically you get only positive responses and you also get responses that um, that do say, oh, I see this, I see that, in a way that's very subjective, in a way that maybe you didn't mean at all, and and opinions about things, like you say, it's just... Yeah, it's part of the culture we live in now is that uh, we sort of ex- 
people say a lot of opinions and think that they're valid, uh, and, and sometimes they are. So I don't want to draw any hard lines here, but um, especially with abstraction and wanting to read things into it, people can be quite opinionated in the guise of praise. You know, um, it's it's sort of, yeah, like, I like this that you do. Not so sure about the rest of it, but this thing that looks like a landscape, yeah, I really like that, you know? <laughs> and, or I, I like it when you make this kind of a shape, this kind of an edge or something. And it's it's well-meaning for sure. Uh, but you as the artist have to not allow that to manipulate you or affect you in how you're going forward. If you like that edge, if you like that shape, great. Um, and And I would... I know that people are vulnerable to this in different ways, and and some people are not vulnerable to it at all. I mean, I think there's a lot of artists that put their work out there, and somebody can like it or somebody can not like it, and it doesn't really affect them. They're very strong in what they what they want, what they do, where their boundaries are. But many other people are are um, you know vulnerable to praise. And and they want to please people. I mean, that's a whole personality type, right? And so it some people may respond to praise by wanting to keep it coming from that person who gave it to them. What what more can I do to make you like my painting uh by extension like me? <laughs> and so it, it can be a, a kind of a weird loop, especially if this person who's praising you all the time for certain things is somebody who is in your life, you know, somebody who looks at your work a lot. Um, and that can happen in, in a classroom um, where you're exposed to the same instructor over and over or in workshops where you take over and over with the same person, with uh, friendships, with other artists that, you know, we respect their opinion. And, you know, I don't want to sound too negative about all this because as I said in the beginning, Praise can be so good, so supportive, so wonderful. And um, in many, if you're careful about giving it and you're careful about how you hear it and respond to it, it's so, it's vital sometimes to, to building your confidence and knowing that you're uh, saying what you want to say with your work. Um, but it, I think to recognize that it can have a downside and that's it can be hard to to pick up on that you know right right yeah whether positive or negative negative we want to evaluate feedback from people with a little bit of skepticism mm -hmm. but we do want to be open to what they're saying we don't want to mm -hmm. uh dis allow our own biases to lead us to disregard things that maybe we should be paying attention to whether good or bad that is absolutely true and i i I know that sometimes um, as an instructor that I've praised something in a student's work and they're, they're not sure they can believe me because they haven't seen it themselves. Well, of course, I'm probably doing it from my own bias, but I'm seeing something that I'm kind of excited about. Wow, look at this composition. Look what's happening. And they're sort of frowning like, mm, I didn't see that, you know, and it's, it's what you're saying to to be open when you hear good things and you didn't see them first or you're not sure they're there, 
to be open to that, you know, to to think about it. And people do, when we're looking at other people's work, we do have the ability to see things that they're not seeing. And that's that's a, a really good aspect of positive feedback, you know, uh, and, and with people you trust and with people, people who understand your work and know what you're trying to do. Um, that can be very meaningful. And it is something that, you know, we can offer to each other uh, to, you know, I, I mean, once in a while, you, you might read something about your work that's written by someone else, or you might hear something from someone else about your work, and you think, wow, that's me, that's my work, they saw that in my work, and, and it's, it, you know, praiseful, po- positive admiration, and once in a while, that's surprising, because you think, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that, I didn't know that, but it's true, I can see it, so that's, that's a really good thing. <laughs> uh, let's take a break to talk about what's new from Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, want you to know what's ahead for the remaining live weekly sessions of Cold Wax Academy's fall quarter. Three guest artists are scheduled to appear before the end of the year, and several Cold Wax Academy members will also be invited on to discuss their personal and unique ways of working. These sessions will provide an exciting wrap-up to the fall quarter's focus on technique. Winter Quarter will launch in January with new topics, guests, and opportunities for interaction. As always, members have access to recordings of all previous sessions, including everything from Cold Wax Academy's first year. It's easy to join as a new member anytime, and your favorite sessions are always available to watch again. Please visit www.coldwaxacademy.com for details about membership levels and to sign up for a year of fascinating learning experiences. And watch for some exciting holiday specials on Cold Wax Academy products coming soon. So once again, visit Cold Wax Academy at coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. So I mentioned before the break that it can be hard to recognize when this is happening in terms of the more um, negative aspects of like being stalled by praise, being afraid to go on almost because you've been told something so good, you know. I mean, there's there's the old trope about you write your first novel and then what about the second one? Uh, and this is true, you know. Whether and you may know it's a very good painting, and you're you're sort of stalled because you don't know what the next one's going to be. Is it going to be anywhere near as good? Well, probably won't be. You know, you hit these high points and then you you go back a little and you work your way up again. And or it could be that you're just not sure. Somebody likes something that you're not sure about. And so these situations can create doubt and you, you run over things people said in your mind and they're sort of in the studio with you, looking over your shoulder, and it just uh can be it can be uh, interfering and and um hold you back a bit. And I think a, a red flag, really, if if you're being overly influenced by somebody's praise or somebody's admiration, um, is your work starting to feel less like you? <laughs> you know, you start to feel a little out of touch with it. And maybe it's starting to look derivative of the person who's been giving you feedback 
Because as I said, a lot of people will have an unconscious bias toward their own way of working. So somebody who works very loosely or gesturally is going probably going to notice and praise those things in your work. And if you're responding to that and your work becomes more that way, is that you? You know, does that feel right? It may. And it may be that you're finding your own way with that direction. Or it may be not so much. I'm not so happy with this. Um, and that then it's time to, to step back and kind of look at it. And, and one of the ways to do that, to step back and evaluate what someone's saying in a good way and praise is to re, kind of reframe it in terms of the visual ideas that's behind it um, and whether that is something of interest. So the visual idea in gestural mark making, um, spontaneity, looseness, just kind of looking at that. Is that something I want or am I more of a controlled line person? Um, and kind of separating it out from the actual words, the actual painting, how someone phrased it to you. And something that happened in my own studio, I may have told this story before, I don't know. But anyway, a friend of mine came in to the studio and there was a painting of mine that was not finished at all. There was several layers of bright color down and he got quite excited about the painting. And he wasn't saying it's done, it's done, don't touch it. But what he was excited about was the color interaction. And it was it was brighter than a lot of my work at the time, which tends to be kind of earthy. And I was kind of confused by that, really. I After he left, I thought, what was that about? Uh, yeah, it's pretty color, but is that me? You know. And then I started thinking about what is it about, what is it about that? color combination or or that thing that he was responding to that that might be of interest to me. We were talking about, you know, take this in, think about it if somebody says something positive. And I realized it was, um, it had a luminous aspect. So the light was sort of coming back to the viewer. It wasn't being absorbed um, the way earthy color is, but it was bouncing back. And there was a beautiful liveliness to it. And actually that comment launched a whole series of paintings in which I was exploring the idea of luminosity. What can I do with color to to make it um, seem to, to give back light and not just absorb light? And so that was just, you know, it was a, a, a quick moment when there was an admiration for something that initially I rejected. Initially, I thought, no, that's not done. What are you talking about? And, you know, it kind of grew on me. And I thought, yeah, there's something there. So um that you know thinking about things that people say uh and then deciding what's what's right for you um maybe somebody's excited about seeing a landscape or they see a figure in your abstract work and then maybe that's time to sit back and think what's the visual idea there do i want referential images in my work or do i not and if i don't and people are seeing them then i need to consciously work against that and, and get rid of them. If I want them there, maybe I can enhance them some way. So it's just that, st that step back that I've, I have now received information, you know, <laughs> like what can I do with that? And, and it can be a really good step in your work when you do that. Um, and connecting whatever they're saying with what you know of your own direction and your own intentions and your own strengths and 
so on. Um, sometimes people will admire or praise something in your work that really isn't that important to you. And maybe um, that's a line work or something. And you, 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 you put in some lines that were really working and people are praising that. And you think, yeah, but that's not really what my work's about. My work's about shape or my work's about um, imagery or something, you know. And this line just happened. Everybody's all excited about it. And that can throw you off track. And you might think, oh, okay, I, got, I need to develop my line work because I got something good here. And and then that's another time where you sort of step back and say, but is it important? Was that just a one-off and let's just leave it at that? <laughs> That's okay. That's absolutely okay. Um, you, you know, you you have your own path. You have your ideas, and you can challenge people that have preference for something else in your work by continuing to follow your own ideas, and they will see your ideas develop, and they can enjoy what you do or not. But you will have followed your own your own direction. Well, and that's something that artists have always been struggling with. Um, you know, it, you notice it a lot with recording artists, how people will say, oh, I like so-and-so's early work. Or, uh-huh. I really like their new stuff, you know, and it's uh, oftentimes you're going to you're going to end up attracting a different demographic than when you started. Yeah, good point. Yeah, it may be a whole different audience um, because you're changing and you've got some new ideas and yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing too, where people are attached to your older work, and they're they're still very admiring of it, and 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 it was good. I mean, it's good work, and you were happy with it when you did it. Uh, but do you want to be stuck there because people like it, and that that's a very strong tendency sometimes, and it it takes some guts to move away from that, and say, well, it's not me anymore. Um, and you may disappoint some people. <laughs> I think I think anybody that that takes on change and growth in their work is going to leave some people behind, but attract new people as well. You know, people that see what you're doing and understand the change. I think that the important thing is to just always embrace growth um, and to follow your gut. Um, you know, a lot of times we we overanalyze things mm-hmm. and really just going with your gut in terms of what feels right to you. Yes. Uh, that's that's the best advice that I can give people in many circumstances. You know, like you yeah. you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just if you just listen to that that still quiet voice, you know, you know what you need to do. Very true. That's the bottom line. And what do, what do you have to do to find that voice to pay attention to it to tune out outside response good and bad uh it's very challenging and yeah but but what you say is absolutely true that's that's the bottom line nobody can nobody can tell you what to do it's your thing <laughs> um and if you have those tendencies to to want to please people and and you need that praise and you you know, you feed off that admiration. I think that you have to be careful because it it's true in life in general. <laughs> Somebody's, you know, giving you lots of feedback for something, positive feedback for something that maybe isn't right for you. That's a, that's a red flag. 
and and it's nothing on you know they're being all well-meaning and they're not trying to manipulate you and if if you are manipulated it is on you because you've allowed it but it's uh it's a trap and i i can look back at certain times in my own development when i was overly influenced by something that somebody was was praising me for and and maybe in terms of sales i mean sales are praise sales are positive feedback and maybe continuing with something that was popular was selling beyond the point when it was truly interesting to me and i i you know i'm happy to say i did move past it but there are these pitfall times and often see that working with uh students in workshops where they'll they'll show me past work and that this one got an award and I sold this one and my husband likes this one and this kind of thing. And I always try to say, but what do you like? What do you want? It's not always about that outside validation. Well, that's a good point. What what other tips do you have for um, people who want to give feedback to other artists in their circle that, that'll encourage growth? Yeah. Um, I think you need to... It, it, you you absolutely can do this in a very very supportive way and very very good because it's helpful, but treading a little bit cautiously. And I I would say I I would say these things not to inhibit you, but to increase the chances that whatever you say to people is meaningful and it's really actually going to be positive. And I would say start with trying to determine from what the artist tells you or what you know about their work, um, the starting point is their own ideas and their own intentions. So not you, not your subjective things, but what they're trying to do. So if you can, respond in that context. So if somebody, if you know that somebody's trying to develop, say, a very um, rich surface, like there's a lot of texture going on or something. That's that's what they're after. And you can, you know, if you said, wow, your texture is really coming along. You're just doing this beautifully. I mean, you're responding to what they want. And and you're on, this is honest. I mean, you would have to honestly feel that to say it. But you're just trying to frame what you say in the context of what will help them or support them. And I think it's fine to make um, like general positive remarks like, oh, you know, gorgeous color or something. But once you start to get into really specific comments, um, be aware of where you are being subjective and, and say that. Like you might say, I mean, I've heard this one. Oh, I, I really like this one because because it's blue and blue is my favorite color. Well, if I hear that, it's pretty clear to me that this is totally subjective but at the same time, you know, it's positive. It feels like praise because I feel like, oh, I guess I did blue very well, <laughs> you know. It's there's a there's a, a an uplifting aspect to it. But I if you put it that way to somebody, they recognize this is subjective or somebody might say, uh, oh, this makes me feel emotional or it reminds me of something or uh they're reading something into it that's subjective and and they're clear about it and the artist knows um that, that it's subjective, but it can also make the artist feel good because you know, as the artist, you've evoked this meaningful moment to the viewer. And that always, 
I think always feels impactful to an artist to know that you've connected with somebody emotionally. So I'm not saying don't do that. You know, that's fine. But it's just, there's that sort of gray area where people are being subjective, but sort of trying to steer you. <laughs> that's that's what I see as a as a pitfall. Um, and when when you're looking at someone's art as a viewer and you want to say something good about it, saying something that is objective, that's, you know, specific, like, wow, I like the way your warm and cool colors are interacting here. It's really intriguing. gives a lot of depth. Like That's an objective observation. And it's helpful, I think, because somebody sees that their color is working. Um, so I, I don't know, this is, it's kind of difficult. And I would say as an instructor, it's hard to find the right boundaries with this. And um, basically, though, your job as an instructor is to try to figure out, help the student determine what their goals and intentions are. If they know um, already, then you, you pull that from them, you, you draw it out of them, and then you try to work with that. And that's, to me, that's the ideal stance of an instructor. And I, like I said, it is not easy to always maintain that. Will, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Well, I would say like so many things in the practice of art, it's, it's complicated. You know, um, it's, it's a, there's a lot of interesting interactions that we just talked about where, you know, there's, there's the surface interaction and then there's kind of the underlying thing that may linger with you, may hold you back, may cause you to wonder, may cause you to grow. And so it's it's not simple. Uh, I'd say praise can be just wonderful and supportive, but it can steer us off track. And as I, I just mentioned too, it can be hard to even see this happening until you find yourself getting kind of far away from what really actually feels right to you, that, that gut feeling that you were talking about. You know, you can you can lose touch with that little voice inside that that knows what your art should be. And so I think it's why it's important to always stay self-reflective and in touch with your own ideas, your own intentions. And this kind of, it makes you strong and it makes you able to sort through things that people say. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.